tell you what I want to do for just a few moments. I want to pick up on two passages of scripture, one written a thousand years before Jesus was born, another written about 60 years after his death and resurrection. And I want to just emphasize one or two main themes very briefly. One is that Jesus Christ has been God's plan from the dawn of time. Jesus was no afterthought. He was no P.S. He was the purpose of God from the foundation of the universe. It is imperative if you're to understand the Old Testament that you read it through the lens of the New Testament. For Jesus is revealed from Genesis onward. And in the 22nd Psalm, which I want to read a portion of, you will recognize a number of the statements, a number of the scriptures in this passage. The first verse of this Psalm, 22nd Psalm, written by David, the first sentence was quoted by Jesus on the cross. One of the seven last words. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was short of breath, life fast ebbing away, under incredible tension and pressure and pain. And he cried this word, I believe, now I, this is, this is kind of fanning theology. There are hints of this and other people, it's not original with me, I do not want to imply that. But what I'm saying is I cannot look into the mind of Jesus. I, I can pray and I can think and I can read, but I cannot analyze him in the sense that you would analyze someone emotionally and intellectually. Much has been written about these words, why he said them, what he meant by them. Let me just plant an idea. Let me put it that way. Let me plant another idea. Jesus knew the entire psalm, not just the first verse. And what I believe he was doing was sending us a signal. He was saying more than he had the time or the strength to say at that moment. And he quoted the first verse of Psalm 22 and what he was saying, I believe, to us and to the whole world was the entire message of the 22nd Psalm. Which does begin with those words of pathos and pain and mystery, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art you so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring, my crying? Oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, and am not silent, 
But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted, and you delivered them. I want you to listen where he's moving. And what I believe he was saying there on that cross, words implied through this psalm. But I am a word, I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. Suddenly, Isaiah comes to mind. In that prophetic utterance, he was despised and rejected of men. We esteemed him not, smitten of God, despised of the people. All they that see me laugh, me to scorn, they shoot out the lip. They shake their head saying, he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. There is none to help. Many bulls have encompassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me around. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Here. They pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me. They put my garments among, they part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture, my clothing, my robe. But be not thou far from me, O Lord, O my strength. Haste thee to help me. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye the seed of Jacob, glorify him. And fear him, all ye the seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Listen to him. Listen to him move out of this. Listen to him move through the whole crucifixion experience in Psalm 22. Prophetically uttered by David, lived out by 
King David himself, the King of kings, Lord of lords. Listen to him move through it. Through suffering, through pain, through being despised, being rejected, being laughed at, being scorned, being pierced through hands and feet. Listen to him move out. Listen to the faint notes of the resurrection that are coming. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him. Balance that with verse 1. Neither hath he hid his face from him, talking about himself and referring to his father. But when he cried unto him, he heard. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the earth. Hear the great commission? You hear the faint sounds of the great commission on the way, on the wings of a coming morning? All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. And all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nations. Sixty A.D. The Revelation, chapter 1, verse 4. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him and they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Easter isn't over. We've just barely had an introduction. The best is yet to be. The main course is yet to come. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, listen to that, that's an interesting word, and in the kingdom and persistence of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. He's saying, I'm here in exile. I've been put here because I preached the word, pastored in Ephesus. And I've been exiled. And I'm your brother. And I'm your companion in trouble. And in the kingdom 
of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. It may have been a Sunday morning like the one we had today. He may have been with some others. He was in all likelihood all alone. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice like a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus and unto Smyrna and Pergamos and Thyatira and Sardis and Philadelphia and Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about his breast with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they were burned in a furnace. And his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. No casting lots for his garments then. No derisive cries then. No, come down from the cross and we will believe on you then. No, he saved others, but himself he cannot save then. He fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me. I think that's one of the gentlest statements in all the Bible. The hand that held the seven stars, that held the universe. He laid his right hand upon me, and he said to him, said to me, Fear not. Do you remember that first morning? We read about it this morning. When he came into that room of frightened disciples. Don't be afraid. My peace I give you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. At the beginning, Fear not, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. At the end, fear not. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. The story, the Easter story, is not over. It will not be over. 
until we look upon him whom we pierced and acknowledge him as King of kings and Lord of lords and fall at his feet as dead and feel the tender touch of that right hand upon us. Don't be afraid. It is I, the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of hell and of death. When you've got the keys, you have control. Whoever has the keys to my car has the potential control of that automobile. Keys imply control, ownership. He has the last word. He is the final word. He has the keys. He controls your today, your tomorrow, and our eternity. He is risen from the dead. The flower of England's youth was fighting on the fields of Waterloo against Napoleon. The balance of the world hung in on the scales of that battle. Some people were gathered along the cliffs on the western on the eastern side of England, watching for a signal from across the English Channel as to the outcome of the Battle of Waterloo. Foggy often, misty across there, a light signal was to be given. The lights were ignited. The people from the English shore peered into the darkness. And all they could read was Wellington defeated. Church bells pealed all over England. Wellington defeated. Prayer meetings called. Wellington defeated. People went home in despondency. Wellington defeated. But a few faithful ones, a few hopeful ones stayed on the shore all night waiting for the coming morning. And as the morning sunlight finally dissipated the fogs and the mists, they could read the unobscured message that had been there all along. Wellington defeated the enemy. That's our message. Christ defeated? Christ defeated the enemy. He is the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, alive forevermore. And he has the keys of hell and of death. Amen. Amen.
Let's stand and bow our heads. Father, confirm within our hearts and our minds tonight the truth of your eternal plan from the dawn of the ages, from the beginning of time, to redeem us through Jesus Christ. We thank you for sending him. We thank you for his faithfulness. We thank you, Father, for his resurrection. We thank you, Father, that he is alive at your right hand. We thank you that he is coming again. We thank you that he defeated the enemy. And through him, we are more than conquerors. Bless this invitation to the end that men and women and young people might trust him, might become a part of the army of faithful Christians following him in devoted service or to come in rededication and commitment. Whatever you impress us to do, Spirit of God, as you even impress John on lonely Patmos to write, impress us now to make that decision, privately or publicly, that will bring honor to you and strength to our hearts because we do ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.